Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Pretty tired. Up to 2 o'clock in the morning, negotiating Dynasty trades uh, for an hour from 1 to 2 in the morning. Had to get up at 6 a.m., but I felt it was worth it because I thought I was going to get George Kittle. And then I wake up at 6 in the morning, and guess who gets the trade? Um, Who, Rich? You did, you son oh, of a bitch. Oh. Yes, I'm grumpy today. Yeah, you are grumpy. Just the way I am. Can't help it. Negotiating. I'll have five rookie drafts, six rookie drafts going on as we speak. Garrett's got four startup drafts going on as we speak. I'm here to the wee hours of the morning negotiating trades that never even happen for worse trades. You get you see worse trades get accepted. <sighs> Frustrated. Unbelievable. I've, I told the story three times. I'm not telling it again. Save it for the Nerd Herd membership. Save. This is it. This is our last uh, whole episode before we launch the Nerd Herd. Right. So uh, soak it up, nerds. Get it while you can. Yeah, get this whole hour episode in while you can because pretty soon. I think except for in-season, it'll probably still be close to the hour for the free ones because we're just going to do like our breakdown stuff. Sure. But uh, going forward, it pretty much just be like half-hour episodes with some teasers to get you into the nerd herd. Ooh. Which, I mean, you guys are all joined anyways. It's going to be the best deal you could you find for dynasty information. And I'm not going to sell it now because once we launch it, I'm going to do a whole podcast just selling the damn thing. Uh, by itself, but it should sell itself. I mean, you're getting us talking dynasty to you. I mean, not, people, not to mention, you know, cool stuff on the website and everything. Oh, we're gonna have really cool stuff like Rankins. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have that. <laughs> They'll have a G at the end of it. Uh, and most importantly, podcasts. I, the one thing I was thinking about when it comes to the nerd herd too is you can have all the tools in the world. These other dynasty sites have all the tools in the world. You know, all these cool numbers, breakout ages, analytics, blah 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 blah. The best thing you could possibly have is human eyes. Human eyes, watching tape. And a track record to back it up. And I feel like we have a very, very good track record over the last five years of uh, building dynasty teams, especially when it comes to rookie content. Uh, I don't think anybody does it better, personally. And next week, guess what we're going to start doing? We're going to rank these rookies in order how we like them through the average me, Matt, and Garrett. We've already submitted our rookie rankings right now. I have to readjust mine because I feel like I have David Montgomery too low. I have him right around like the ones I sent over right around eight. And I, like the more I thought about it, I was like, that's too low. The, the more I've looked at mine, I want to tweak mine also. So I'll retweak them before they go yeah. on the site next week for sure. Yep. Um, and we'll tweak them consistently. Uh, you're going to get new rankings like that. But the, the best thing I think, well, one, you get crystal balls. I mean, that's 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 worth the money itself, right? I mean, Absolutely. What's better than winning than knowing the future? Access. It's pretty to, much a guarantee. Call me Marty balls. Fly. It's the only reason I come. It's the only reason I'm here is well, access to the crystal balls. Can't come without the balls. Pretty, exactly. Pretty self-explanatory, mm-hmm. Matt. Well, from my side of the world, you can't, uh, <laughs> at least. Um, but yeah, I think I think the best thing, again, just comes down with, you know, talk, breaking stuff down, coming to a logical reason of why this player is worth this reason, and then hope you're right. And, you know, if you're right more than you're wrong, then you're going to be do pretty good at what you do. And like I said, luckily for us, we've been pretty, pretty right, except for a couple guys. You want, everyone has their misses. Yeah, not what today. Not th- you guys watch Game of Thrones. You know I did. So I, good, right? I, yeah, I, I'm. I'm almost there. I'm almost caught up. I'm almost caught up. You didn't watch it? Get there. I, I haven't got there. I'm doing all this football stuff. Yeah, there's all. 
There's so listen, much football stuff. Listen, when Game of Thrones comes on, I literally take my phone and put it in the other room. Like, I, I can't be distracted. That makes sense. I never get rid of my phone. I have, a, I have a problem. So I've watched the first episode of the newest season, but that's that's as far as I've made it. Oh, wow. You're not even a real fan. This conversation's <laughs> over. I don't, need, don't need to talk about it. Let's talk about uh, these rookie picks, shall we? Pick 1-1. One, one. Kind of a surprise, not a surprise, no surprise whatsoever. No, I, I was going to say, I think by the time the draft came around, I think that was a pretty pretty much everyone thought that that was how it was going to go down they yeah. wanted it to be a surprise just so they could try to like boost josh rosen's value but nobody was really yeah shy. that didn't work no at all no. so from a from a super flex perspective this is like what i've seen handily the the one one in super flex rookie drafts yeah i would still personally probably take haskins one I do like what Arizona's done, though, throughout the draft. You know, I like the speed they built around him. You know, now you have Christian Kirk there. You have Indy Isabella. You have Hakeem Butler. You have David Johnson. It, they put some nice targets around Kyler Murray. So he's set up with the tutelage of Larry Fitz in a good spot. But, I mean, you can also make the same argument that, you know, Washington did the same thing, adding Kelvin Harmon, adding Terry McLaurin, having Darius Geister, adding Bryce Love, having Jordan Reed. He, he's in a pretty good spot himself. Too. So it just comes down to who do you like long-term? For me, long-term, and I think just a little bit more of a safe bet to me is Dwayne Haskins, and that's who I would take in a Superflex 1-1. Maybe it's a, a little Ohio State homerism. i got to watch literally every single snap he plays, but I mean that's the kind of quarterback I want on my roster. I think a lot of people are going to get a little bit over-carried away with the Kyler Murray rushing. You know, like, oh, he's mm-hmm. just going to rush a lot. I don't think he's – I don't think he is, personally. Uh, at the next level, I don't think that's gonna be a huge part of his game. I think it's gonna be a part of his game, but I mean, when you're five foot ten, yeah, he's gotta stay healthy. Yeah, you can't be running a lot and taking these hits. I mean, does Russell Wilson run a lot? Nope. But if you can get four hundred yards a year or something, three four hundred yards a year, I mean, that's just nice extra that's a boost. added added boost in your. Well, if value. you ask Stephen A. Smith, I mean, Dwayne Haskins is a great runner. Mm-hmm. Just ask him. Super athlete. He'll tell you. He'll tell you right to your face. He'll so. And and the one thing I did I did want to mention was I mean I I always liked the way that Kyler Murray was able to get the first down and get down so he wasn't a guy that took a lot of hits at least you know in the tape that I saw anyway well they're becoming at him a lot faster no. definitely definitely um, it's gonna be interesting like, again and that's not even a knock again I I would take Kyler Murray one two in a super flex so it's not like I'm like oh he's so much better yeah. it's just who I prefer there's no I, right I or wrong answer at, I haven't flipped at this point I, I had Haskins above him first. I, I think if Kyler had gone to any other situation with any other coach, I probably would still have Haskins first, but I think that was enough of a boost for me to, to flip it. Yeah, he's very tailor-made, I think, for that system. Ex- yep. I mean, they're talking about going five wide receiver sets out here. So it's, it's they're just going to air it out. Yeah, they're going to spread it out. And then David Johnson on the backfield. So, yeah, I, I, I totally get the Kyler Murray 1-1 one, one, and – I'm sure in some leagues, if I had to one one in different leagues, I would definitely swap them out. Again, it's one A and one B for right. me. Yeah. It's just if I had to pick one, I'm gonna pick Haskins sure. for my future. Next pick is real interesting. This is what I kind of want to get into from a super flex perspective. This is this is somewhat of a shocker. Daniel Jones goes to the Giants at six overall. He's the future of the quarter. He, you know, and Daniel Jones, if you remember, if you look at it, listen to our wide receiver quarterback breakdown episode. I said, out of all the quarterbacks we broke down after Haskins and Murray, I was like, I think I like Daniel Jones the best. Right. Here's where I'm perplexed. So I was a guest on the Dynasty Trades uh, HQ podcast last night, and they were doing a mock draft. And like I said, I'm in five different, six different Superflex mock drafts too right now. 
Daniel Jones is slipping in Superflex mock drafts in every single draft that I'm in, except for one where Matt took him at 110. Even at 110, that is crazy value. I just don't understand it. I and I couldn't even. I was trying to get an explanation on it last night, and I really still didn't get it. And people were just saying, you know, they're, uh, they're poo pooing around the subject or what? Not, not really. Well, if David Montgomery is good, you know, uh, you know, if you take a running back there, he's good. He's equal. To, well, now he's not equal to a good quarterback, regardless. And right. and it's fine if you think Daniel Jones is going to suck, right? That's totally fine. I'm not even 100. percent I, I don't think I'm not guaranteeing Daniel Jones to be good. The, the way I compare it to it is if you go to a store and you buy a lottery ticket, right? And all the odds are equal, and all the tickets cost exactly pretty much the same in this middle. Of the market. You see, you know, they're all five dollar tickets, but the one five dollar ticket costs wins you ten dollars, one wins you a hundred dollars, and one wins you a thousand dollars. Which ticket are you going to buy? The one that wins me a thousand bucks every ten out of ten times, right? That's easy, yeah. So if Daniel Jones, the one thing you say about Daniel Jones is he's going to be guaranteed an opportunity in New York. He was a six overall pick. He's yeah. going to be guaranteed a couple of years there in New York to be the quarterback. He's athletic, too. He can run the ball. You're talking about a quarterback. If you just go off of, oh, Daniel Jones sucks. We mentioned, again, we broke this down on the podcast, but let me give you a little refresher in case you missed that episode because you didn't care about the quarterbacks. <laughs> Daniel Jones was in a sit on a team where his wide receivers sucked. I mean, most ever, drop passes in, the, in college. The second most. Second most? Yeah, second most drop okay. balls in college i mean it was just ridiculous it his receivers were absolutely terrible he's on a terrible team he had a 59.9 percent completion percentage but if you would have just caught they would have caught half the balls this guy could have had a 70 percent completion percentage i mean i'm again quarterbacks kyler murray has just in my eyes kyler murray literally has almost as equal odds of busting out as daniel jones these quarterbacks are impossible to predict we do it all the time we talk about quarterbacks man in the past like these for us, this is the hardest. We're just going to give you our opinion, opinion, but it's so hard to judge quarterbacks. General managers in the NFL get paid millions and millions of dollars to do one thing right: find that team a quarterback, and they can't do it. Right. You know, so for me to sit here and say I could do a podcast and break down a quarterback and tell you exactly who's going to be good and not going to be good, that's hard. I mean, when I saw Baker, I guaranteed it, and that's you know right off the college table. Like I guarantee Baker's going to be good. But those are that's like saying I guarantee Andrew Luck's going to be good. You know, I guarantee Jameis Winston is going to be good. And he hasn't been great, you know, but that was one of my guarantees as well. So for me to see anybody, and this, again, this is strictly in Superflex. So you're talking about two different, you know, sp- different sides of the rainbow, you know, right. in redraft, this guy's going fourth round. Sure. But in Superflex, guys, I mean, Daniel Jones has to be a first round pick. I'm in a podcast league with other podcast hosts, with notable people that you would know, you know, Matt Kelly. DTC podcast, the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast, you know, notable podcast here of guys that know what they're talking about. I got Daniel Jones at 2-2. I traded up from 210 to 2-2, and all I gave up was a fifth round pick and a 2023 to do it. And I got Daniel Jones in a super flex league. To me, I was like foaming at the mouth like at that pick. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Like I'm getting Daniel Jones here at 2-2. It's just, again, it's just an opportunity. It's like, yep. I scr- I'm already at the point where I scratched the tickets, right? And you just have to get the numbers one, two, three, four, five in ordered. And I my first four numbers are one, two, three, four. You know what I mean? I'm about to win a thousand bucks. That's how I feel about it. Cause like even if he's just viable, even if he's just Andy Dalton, right? If he's just Andy Dalton, that's a a, a nice asset to have. Getting eighteen to twenty points or something like that a game. That, that's a nice nice bench player or somebody that you could that, that you're starting. And they're gonna add a yeah. big look, their, their record's not gonna be great this year. This next year's draft is what if they get Jerry Judy? 
right? Yeah. They're going to add a stud receiver. I promise you that. Yeah. They're going to promise you. And they have tons of – Daniel Jones is athletic enough where he can get outside and he can dump the ball off, off Saquon. Saquon's going to be a boost there as well. Golden Tate, terrific with the ball in his hands. Still in Shepard, a good uh, good route runner as well. So I, 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 here's here's what I think. I think I think it's great. I think all the, I think I think he does have a, a, a nice little future. I think I think the reason he's slipping is I mean they've already come out basically and said they they want to go with the Kansas City model. So he's not going to play right away, right? So I think they're, they're they want to probably try to sit him most of this season. Bullshit! Because when when the Giants are going to suck balls this year, not crystal balls, I'm talking about actual testicles. Okay, they're going to be sucking on those bad boys slowly and methodically. And listen, they're going to have a bad record. And come week like 12, when they're clearly out of it, guess who's going to get some starts? It's it's probably going to be him. But they're going to they're going to wait as long as possible. Yes. Right. And I mean, there's just a ton of negative. I, I feel like a, a lot of negative press going that way, just towards that whole team yeah, in general. Gettleman and all that. Gettleman and everyone thinks the guy's a schmuck, right? Yes. So that I think that's all getting rolled right up into the Daniel Jones pick, and I think that's why he's slipping a little bit. And maybe to, he has to, to do. Like I said I like this tape a little bit. Like out of all the other quarterbacks, so did, I did like his tape. So did I. And, his and, athleticism. And and I I just I really think there's a little bit of bias going on, and it's and it's all you know media driven. Well, yeah, that's, that's why I'm ta- that's why I'm ranting right now, so I can cut through the bullshit. I'm right. ranting for on this. Like I want people to know this is a really silly mistake. And before Gary, I know you're about to say something here because the way I want I said it last night too is listen. There's 32 NFL teams, right? There's 32 of them. Okay. If if you just did it fairly, which is not any super flex league. You know, unless you do a startup draft. If you did it fairly and dispersed all the quarterbacks equally, right, to every team, there's going to be four teams in that league and a 12-man team that only have two quarterbacks on their roster. Only two, which isn't totally ideal in a Superflex league if you can avoid it. And a lot of those guys are going to be like, you know, you're talking guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're talking some low-end guys that you don't even want to start as it is. Joe Flacco, you know, those guys don't even count. So for you to just pass up this opportunity, I don't care how many quarterbacks you got, you always take again. I'm not a super flex expert, but I do know the young quarterback is worth his weight in gold. It's the most valuable asset you can have in a super flex league. And you can, if Daniel Jones is decent, you can get any other player that you want. Definitely in a week. This class is weak, right? There's a lot well, of absolutely. Ga- yeah. this is a gamble class. Not saying that this class can have a lot of good players, but a lot of these players are gambles. Like you're rolling the die, and all you can hit is you know you want to hit snake eyes, and that's the only winner here. It's gonna be you know, all these guys are gonna get bust. So if you're gonna gamble. Game one, the big ticket. Yeah, and the larger your league is, too, the more valuable he is. Because 10-team 10, 10 super flex, 12-team super flex, yes, he absolutely has value. But if you're in a 14 or in a 16-team league, he, he should maybe even go higher than that. Oh, yeah. It, the bigger the league, obviously. The bigger yeah. the league, the more valuable he is, in, or he is in that league. And I think the narrative is somewhat unfair. Um, even though I agree Dave Gettleman is a schmuck and I don't think he's a good GM, the Browns have greatly benefited from it, so I'm, I'm cool with that. But I think if Daniel Jones was taken at 17, the narrative would have been drastically different, even though his value in, in super flex leagues would have been the same, basically. Sure. I think the narrative would have been drastically different if he was taken at 16 or at 17 instead of 6. Yeah, I just want to go back some notes here just then before we move on um, that I went over the podcast when we broke down the quarterbacks, this is months ago at this point, uh, you know, besides all the drops, you know, it's 59% and the number two in all of college football and drops, you know, what I liked about him was he's very mobile and he's very athletic. That's what I came away with. Can read a defense pretty well. What I have underlined, 
He's very, very accurate in short and intermediate throws. Oh, wow. Who's on that team? Hmm. Golden Tate, Still and Shepard, Saquon Barkley. Short, intermediate throws. Okay. Don't forget Dwayne, about Evan Ingram, too. I mean, you know what I mean? And Evan Ingram. Yeah, is for a big red going, zone target. Going on the scene I mean, you know, Dwayne Haskins threw for 5,000 yards and a boatload of touchdowns on short, intermediate routes. I mean, is it, this offense is not a bad offense for him. I mean, yeah. again, some people flip out about like where play gets drafted. Teams aren't drafting necessarily always the best player on the board. They're best. They're drafting the best player for their scheme and their system. That's what they're doing. Who fits their team well? I think Daniel Jones fits the Giants' scheme. You know, if it all stays the same, pretty well. Uh, if you let him slip out of the first round in Superflex, I'm sorry. Uh, one thing I hate ever is when somebody says like a pick, like your opinion's wrong. You know, on something when it comes to fantasy football, because you don't know. I think this is. I think it's wrong. I think you're making a terrible decision. I think you're doing it completely wrong. Uh, I don't even care if the other player turns out to be good. Like you just totally you missed out on that good lottery ticket. You know what I mean? Like you had, you had such better odds there when all these picks are gambled. I think I think you messed up because then you're gonna look like a huge ass. Because even if you pick them and you miss, you know, people go, oh, you know, like you you get them into mistake. It's like, dude. Well, it's a quarterback. I had to gamble there. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you in this scenario: If you're in a super flex and you're you're a guy that's planned really well, so you have Patrick Mahomes and you bought low on luck when he was injured last year, and you have two best quarterbacks in super flex, what would you do in that situation? Would you still take him at ten, eleven, somewhere in there, or are you looking to trade that pick and and move back and then maybe still take him later, but take him at? Well, I, I, I always like if I if I have a good team and I can make move, I always love to see if I can trade to pick. Just to throw it out there, see what I can get. Um, but if not, I'm still taking them. I don't care if I have Pat Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, and Deshaun Watson. I don't care because here's the way I would look at it. here's here's how I would look at it. Mm-hmm. If he does pan out and he's just okay, like he's slightly above Andy Dalton, he's, he's a great trade team. And I do have Pat. No, if I do have Pat Mahomes and I have Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield right now, and I love that saucy rotation. This clearly puts me in a position where I still won because now I can trade Deshaun Watson or mm-hmm. Pat. Because of course I'm not trading Baker Mayfield. Of course, no. but I can trade now instead of because we talk about this on a podcast too. Sometimes like you take the best player available because it puts you in a position to make your team better down the road. And it doesn't necessarily mean to trade the player that you drafted. It means to play. You could trade the more solid player on your team, right? Mm-hmm. So. I wouldn't necessarily, if Daniel Jones showed some upside and some promise and I felt comfortable with him like after two years, this puts me in a good position where like, okay, I'm still not, might not get a lot for Daniel Jones, but I know damn well I'm going to get a lot for Deshaun Watson. Like right, absolutely. So now I just put myself in that position by do making that move, even though I didn't need him, right? I took the best player to get for the best return I possibly could because my team's already all, all right. Now it puts me in a position to trade not that player, but an already good player that we talked about. The reason I, the reason you're telling me to pass him up, it puts me in a position to trade that player. Sure. But now all of a sudden for Deshaun Watson, I'm getting Alvin Kamara. So now all of a sudden at number nine, number ten, I got Alvin Kamara because I was able to trade Deshaun Watson. And now I'm rolling here with Pat. Even if I didn't have Baker Mayfield, let's say I just had Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Right. Because guess what? I'd rather roll with Pat Mahomes, Daniel Jones, and let's say he's average, like 15, right around there, like Andy Dalton kind of area, right, right. 16-7. <clears throat> so I got a mid-range quarterback, which is in Superflex, isn't terrible. It's great for the Superflex spot. Yeah. But I have a top six fantasy running back now instead of having you know the quarterback where I was offset there. So in the grand scheme of things, in the point scale system, I'm still winning that trade. So that's how, and that, and that goes for any position. 
in here. If somebody's the clear best player at that position, and I'm not talking like right now, like if it's like Kelvin Harmon versus Justice Hill, right? That's I like Kelvin Harmon a lot, but Justice Hill is in a really good position. You know, it doesn't mean I'm just telling Kelvin Harmon because he's number one on my board, right? Like if I need like a running back there, like I'm okay with taking Justice Hill. But for the grand scheme of things, if somebody's clearly better, and you have say say Hakeem Butler's on the board at two five, right? And everybody else is just okay because he slipped because of his draft status. And you have six stud wide receivers, six of them. And you're like, that's literally the last position I need. And like, say maybe Irv Smith Jr. is on the board, right? But mm-hmm. like, you could kind of go with a tight end, but you don't really need him. You still take Hakeem Butler. Yeah, for sure. Because again, it puts you in a position not to necessarily sell Hakeem Butler, to sell another player on your team. You can't always just say, okay, I'm going to draft him to trade him. I'm going to draft him because it doesn't allow me to trade him or somebody else on my team. Right. No, I, lo- I love doing a, a, a similar thing where a lot of times if I have two players ranked close, I'll trade the name. Even if I have them a little bit better, I'll trade the name knowing that I can get more for him. It's a great dynasty maneuver. That it, it's, 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 a, it's why you take best player available because you're just trying to add the most talent to your dynasty team as possible because – you're not going to reach for that tight end because you need a tight end because the odds are like he's not going to be good. You have better odds that this player is going to be good. And if he is good, you can flip him for a guy. You know, you can flip him for Eric Ebron if you need a tight end. You know, if he's mm-hmm. if he's just okay, if you get an okay running back or a good receiver, you can get Eric Ebron. You can get a tight end. You should, you could probably get Evan Ingram, you know what I mean, for like a decent good wide receiver. So you can fill holes by other ways. Or like we said before, you trade other players. There. It's take, take best player available. Yep. All right, should we finally move on now? Let's move on. That was all based <laughs> off of uh, Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. Rant over. So that, a couple, that was my fault. I asked a question. So a couple play, players plays later, number eight overall to the Lions goes TJ Hawkinson, someone we all loved, right? He goes to the Lions. We're all hoping Matt Stafford doesn't overthrow him. But we're talking about somebody who's going to contribute right away. Now, we mentioned before, so I want to see where we guys stand out here, Garrett, with Matt. And this guy's just – he doesn't matter where he goes – He's not does not matter. He can fit in any scheme, any system. Yep. Are we okay with TJ Hawkinson in Detroit, Matt first? Oh, of course I am. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those this is one of those guys that like you like you already described. I mean, he, he blocks well, he catches the ball well. Jim Bob Cooter, correct me if I'm wrong, is out the door. He's gone. So I mean, this is this is TJ Hawkinson basically gonna be morphing into a this is gonna be morphing into a New England sort of attack, right? That's what we would at least assume. Theory, yeah, Matt so, Patricia's team. So, who who do you think? What kind of role do you think T.J. Hawkins is going to fill? He's going to be Gronkowski. Exactly. So, of course, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, he's not gonna, he's not going to have Tom Brady throwing him the ball, so that, that it's not going to be quite as probably as prolific as Gronkowski. But he's going to fall into that role, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a quarterback who didn't finish as a quarterback one all of last year when Matt Stafford, which is almost impossible to do, but he did it. Garrett. No, I. This goes on to a, a bigger point that uh, I was talking with some people on Twitter this week about this because uh, I've seen some people put out their rankings post-draft and some people's are drastically different than their rankings were pre-draft. And I, I personally can't get behind that. Yes, landing spot is part of the equation. It is part of the factor. But if you loved a guy before the landing spot, he talent talent supersedes the landing spot. And so if if... If you had Hawkinson in a different tier than you did Noah Fant, he should still be in that separate tier. 
Now, if you had him in the same tier and you like the landing spot a little bit better for fi- for Fant, then okay, that's fine. But if you had him in a separate tier, all the, they shouldn't just flip all of a sudden. Oh no, no people, no other people that do that in the rankings. Are, you, those are the ones you find out that don't watch the tape. Right. You know, I have tons of quite like people are like people wrote me redundantly on Twitter. How do you still have Hakeem Butler uh, in your top in your first round? I'm like because I uh, his tape and yeah. he's not even in a bad spot. Like. I don't care what round he went in. I don't care. That he went to fourth round. He was the first, like, first pick in the fourth round. Like, that's a, yeah. Is that great? No, but that's a perfect. He probably good moved down a little a bit. To be honest, can we, can we address that? Because this was a weird draft period. Cornerback slipped. Like, a whole bunch of positions. Yeah, the Browns got greedy. The whole oh bunch gosh. of positions greedy. really kind of dropped. And I think it was because there were so many big defensive linemen up top. And it kind of there was just kind of like a trickle effect into a lot of different areas. I feel like there was good value. Well, people are gonna argue, well, Isabella went ahead of him. Why he should be? So people said this to me. Well, Isabella, the team took Isabella before Hakeem Butler. You should have Isabella ahead of him in your uh, rankings. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, we don't have to do anything. Yeah, you don't tell me what to do, buddy. <laughs> this is an opinion based business. That's yeah. literally what it is. I get literally all I do is on my Twitter account is give you my opinion. The reason we do this podcast is to give you our opinion. And again, it goes back to our first take is we just hope our opinion is right more than we're wrong. And guess what? If we're not right more than wrong, people just aren't going to listen. Right. Good thing we've been doing this podcast for five years because people are listening. Yep. Uh, so for me here with um, TJ Hawkinson, the scheme fit, I still love it. He doesn't, even, he, he barely moves up my board. And like Garrett said, like some people, it's more of somebody's going to, some people are going to try, like, you know, obviously Kelvin Harmon fall into the sixth round. Yeah. It's going to knock him down some yeah, on the absolutely. rankings. You yeah. know, that's it, that's clear. Um, sixth round is completely different than the fourth round in my eyes. Yeah. Um, First pick of the fourth round. And Hawkinson here, for me, being scheme fit, like I said, but more than falling down, it's more, it's not even them falling down as much. It's more people getting a bump because of draft pedigree. You know, like Miko Hardman, right? Getting drafted on the Chiefs. Going to Kansas City, Tyreek Hill is clearly going to be out of the game. If you have him, you know it sucks for you. But yeah, at, we, we we forgot to even address that. Yeah, yeah. That, that is that is. After Tyreek Hill, I hope he never plays again. Yeah, you know I mean, yep. I have sons. If I didn't have kids, he's still. A, I just want to swear. He got he's a scumbag. Total dirtbag. Yeah, he gets everything. I have Tyreek Hill in a, in a in a league that I'm a competitor in. Like I had a championship. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, and AJ Green. Those are my receivers. I didn't have much depth behind there. Like it hurts me tremendously. I don't give a right. I don't care. I don't care about fantasy football, like something like that. I don't care. See you, yep. dude. Yeah, don't ever play again. I, I literally care less. I couldn't agree with you more, Rich. Before we knew what was going on, obviously, um, where there's smoke, there's fire most of the time. But but it, it could have also been the wife. We had no idea. Now that we've heard the tape, we know he is a dirtbag. Yeah. And now my feelings have completely changed about the guy. I I immediately put him up on literally on all of my, you know, the trade boards or whatever, just – Make an offer, basically, is, is yep. what I said to the, everyone in, in any of my leagues. I, I don't want him on my I team put anymore. A, I put him on a trade offer, too. And I, I wouldn't see it now. I still wouldn't give him away. Like, I, I can't stand the guy. You know what I mean? I think he's a scumbag. But when I look at my fantasy team, I don't, I'm not looking at personality here. Like, I'm looking at production. I'm not giving him away either, but yeah. I would like to get rid of him. But I would take a second for him. Yeah. That's how so, low yep. I am. So would I. I. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I had somebody ask me that today on Twitter. But, you, but you know what? And that's not even out of, like, that's honestly, to be if I'm being, like, honest about it. It's not because... Oh, I th- you know, I just want him off my team. It's because I think there's a very good chance he never plays again. Right. Like a very like who's like with that tape. Like who's after he gets cut, who's going to sign him? Like well, who can come with that backlash? Like you, you're you're okay with signing a guy that literally said he punches a three year old in the chest and he hits him with a belt 
and he broke his arm. Like, yeah. you're okay with that? Like, even, like, listen, I would never, I don't hit my kids, period. Like, that's, and that's fine. You know, I got hit. I got spanked when I was a kid. It is what it is. I don't really, you know, it's not a big deal. If you find out he spanked his kid with the belt, you know, either what's that, either which side of the line you stand on it, either you're like, oh, I got spanked. It's not a big deal. You know, I disagree. I did get spanked. And I do think it's a big deal. I mean, it didn't bother me. Like, it doesn't, I don't have any bad reflections on it. But at the same point, is like, I can understand. Like, if he, you know, if he hit his kid with the belt, like, and you, you hate him, cool. That's cool. You know, like, if you don't, like, okay, that's cool too. It's, I mean, but when you punch a kid, you break his arm. You break his arm. I'm sorry. We're not even talking about being on a league. This dude should be in prison, like, yeah. for a long time. Well, and one thing that hardly ever gets brought up because part of, Part of what we do is we analyze, you know, the different landing spots and the situations and the skills and blah, blah, blah. There is still an aspect of this where if he's on your fantasy team, you're rooting for him. And you want to have guys that you want to root for. And so as much as that's not part of, like, being a better team, that's part of the fun aspect of what fantasy football is. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great point. And, and Not for me, though. Because I'm in so many leagues, I just I don't even pay attention to all the players. I literally, <laughs> I literally forget who half, who's on half my team. Rich has lost his fandom. But that, that is that is a good point, though, because that, that is kind of how I feel. I don't want to root for the guy anymore. I want, yeah. I want him the heck off my team, man. Yeah, no point you when you know he has a 35-point game. Like, yeah, you don't never want to manage again. Like, yeah, Tyreek Hill, baby. Like, you literally look like an asshole. Right. Like, like right. what'd you just say? Like, uh. I mean. Er, I like Ann Hills. <laughs> yeah, this Hill reeks. Gotta go. <laughs> Uh, it's poop hill. We're talking about T. T uh, yeah, Hawkinson here. T.J. Hawkinson. Let's tangents. So for me, he's still right to the top. You know what I mean, he's right here at the top of the tier. I, in a tight end premium league, I would be okay with taking him as high as number three overall, uh, behind Haskins and Murray. That's how high super, I still think super he is. Super flex. Yeah. Um, right after that, I, I think he's. You're fine taking him anywhere from number four to number seven because I'm okay with like Harry going ahead of him. I'm okay with Miles Sanders ahead of him. David Montgomery. Josh Jacobs, even if you took, if you wanted Depot Sam, you know I'm okay with that. You know I would, you know, necessarily. But if you don't need a tight end, I'm okay with taking you know the running back mm-hmm. here. But to me, Hawkinson going to Detroit, I'm totally cool with it. Love like it. I'm, yep. I, I don't mind at all. And I love how Matt brought up the Matt Patricia New England comparison. I think it's a really good way to go with it. Moving down the list here, uh, next off the board was Dwayne Haskins of Washington. I don't think we, we kind of mentioned mm-hmm. that with Kyler Murray. Don't need to really go off of there. I like what they're doing around him. Noah Fant goes to Denver. Denver. And this is a good spot for him. Definitely out the gate, at least, you know, for being uh, a move tight end. Joe Flacco targets the tight ends on like loves 20, the 23% yeah. of his targets. I mean, he loves the tight ends. He's got he's got Deshaun Hamilton there. He's got Manuel Sanders coming back, and they got Cortland Sutton. It's going to be a nice little offense throwing Fant in there. The only thing you have to worry about him long term is Drew Locke's coming in. Like, Drew Locke will be the starting quarterback yep. before long. Yeah. And how does that affect him? I mean, I know Drew Locke's got a rocket arm, but again, man, remember. If the the wind's blowing too long and somebody didn't mow the grass and they see that grass, he sees that grass coming at him, he's going to get a little frantic. He's going to, oh. Yeah. You're talking about reek on a hill? He's going to have a reek in his pants because that's what it's going to be looking like. Reek. Reek. Yeah. Uh, How do you guys feel about Noah Fan in Denver? Uh, like it, man. Uh, You know, another big target. Um, Him and and Cortland Sutton ought to be, you know, pretty tough to cover out there. And, And you know what I like is the, like, one of the first things I read about him was, you know, how they how they liked the way he blocked, you know what I mean, and, and and so that says a lot as to how they how they view him. I think they view him a little bit more as a as a three down type of tight end than maybe some of the people in the fantasy community. Yeah, I uh, for this 
it helped separate the the next tier because the tier was getting closer and closer for me, and this helped re-separate it. And so he's clearly the number two in in, in the second in that second tier by himself. Oh, nice. Cause the tier never got closer for me at all. It, it did. It got tier. close for me. Irv Smith and, and uh, Sternberger were we, getting close. We, we broke it down during the tight end episode. Yeah. Like we it got like, close. Let's see where he lands. You know what I mean? And yeah. I did like where Irv Smith landed. Actually, I thought it was so a good spot. Yep. And you know what? I thought a lot of these guys landed in tight really ends. good spots. The tight like, ends did just all around. I think, honestly, I think for the most part, a lot of these players, I mean, I think AJ Brown landed in a terrible spot, but for the most part, like even guys that went late, like Hakeem Butler was slipping. He goes to Arizona. You're like, Ooh, I like it. Mm-hmm. Kelvin Harmon goes always six, but he lands in Washington. You're like, Ooh, I like, it. I tweet out it was like, the running backs that didn't go to good spots. Why don't I? Because this running back class sucks anyways. It's, right, but, but the people we thought us, were going to be buyers weren't no, buyers. No. Tampa Bay wasn't a buyer at running back. That was the dream spot. Here's the winners of the running back at the, the class. Ronald Jones, winner. Right. A guy who we hate now actually holds value. I still think he sucks, but at least now he actually has a chance to like be somewhat valuable. Lamar Miller. Yep. Or Dante Foreman. Big, and Deontay Foreman. Winners. Both winners. Yep. Um, yep, definitely. Kenyon Drake, winner. Yep. Uh, so And those landing spots didn't didn't go to any of these players, so that's why they're running back. Aaron Jones, bad. massive winner. Aaron, you're talking about somebody who, like, so Lamar Miller holds, right? Kenyon Drake holds. I think Aaron Jones comes away with a huge boost. I mean, yeah. he's the man in this offense now with Rodgers and these weapons around him. I think Aaron Jones is a huge boost. This guy, to me, he's locked in as a running back one this year. Locked in. I even, I'm not even ready to do my uh, bold predictions episode, but I'm going to tell you what. Aaron Jones is going to be on there. He's locked in as a number one uh, running back. Speaking of running backs, after Fant, we have our first running back off the board. He goes to Oakland. The, one of the most predictable pick, picks here. Josh Jacobs lands with the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Again, great fit. He's great gonna be fit. A, yep. He's going to be a three-down running back in that offense with Tyrell Williams on the outside, with Antonio Brown on the outside. He's going to get the ball a ton. They're going to utilize this guy. They talked him up big time. He's a three-down running back. This is a guy where even if Josh Jacobs, you know, you go, well, Josh Jacobs, like I like Miles Sanders more. I like David Montgomery more. Uh, if Josh Jacobs is just a guy here, just another jag, he's still – his his floor is pretty much a mid range running back too, and, um, and yeah, and I think we can all agree that he's not just a guy. I oh mean, no, I don't think he's a guy at all. He's he's, he's still he's, my one one in this draft. Yeah, me too. Yep. Clearly, me too. cross yep. the boards. Well, not clearly. I'm totally okay. Like I love Nikhil Harry too. So like, you know, I said Nikhil Harry is my number one receiver. He goes to the Patriots. They don't have anybody to throw the football to. Essentially, um, if you need a receiver and you're at one one, I'm totally okay with you taking Nikhil Harry over Josh Jacobs. Like if you have three good running backs, like to me it's one A one B. It's like that's the kind yep. of draft this is. This isn't Saquon Barkley and like that's it. There's no other. It doesn't matter what league you're in. To me, there's the separation between Harry and Jacobs isn't big enough. Where like if you need a receiver, like. You got to take best player available, dude. No, they're in the same tier for me. Yeah. So I love Jacobs going to Oakland. Right behind him goes Marquise Brown to um, the Ravens. Now, the notion out there between all of us was like, okay, whatever Ra- whatever team goes to the Ravens, receiver goes to the Ravens, then they're going down my board. They're going to drop down my board. In reflection, look at what the Ravens did in Eric DaCosta's first year as general manager. I love what they did. They added a ton of As speed, a team. Man. It is going to be hard to cover that team. I They literally changed the whole dynamic, the whole perception of their team. Because now they're looking at quick, fast, speed, get it out. Miles Boykin got good speed. And he can go up there and get the football. Miles Boykin, Marquise Brown, Justice, Justice Hill. Hill. They all run like under 4-4 four, four, or 4-4 four, four flat. 
or, yeah. or, or faster. You know what I mean? We don't have a time speed for Marquise Brown, but he's fast. You know, and that you have Lamar Jackson who runs a four three. I mean, right. even their quarterback runs under a four four. Right. It's a great. I'm I'm excited to see, and as a Browns fan in my division, I'm not excited about. But you know, I don't. I, that's besides the point. I'm excited to see from a dynasty perspective what they do with this team. I think Justice Hill going here gave him a. Because he was one of the running backs we all kind of liked out of sure, all. Sure, like, very explosive, you know, man. Out of like, explosive, what they're going to do here? Like a forty-inch vertical. He, he's just—he's fast, explosive guy, man. He could be. He has, this puts him in a, out of all the running backs we're taking. I mean, there's a couple. You know, obviously Kansas City. Uh, you know, there's some guys in some good spots here as well. But I think the guy who actually helped himself here the most out of a really do-do running back class. Because right now, to me, it's the three guys: it's Montgomery, yep. it's Sanders, and it's Jacobs. And in my eyes, it's. Almost, I say almost nobody else. Like I'm not trying. After those three guys, I'm taking receivers. Drops off a ton. I'm taking tight ends. Right. That's what I'm doing. Yep. Except for Hill. I'll take Hill. Yep. I'm taking Hill in the second round all day long. This guy is going to be in position to contribute. All he has to do is just beat out Kenneth Dixon. That's all he has to do, and he's going to be locked in as their pass catcher, running back, their big play running back on a team that's already they're designing to be built with speed. They're going to spread it out. You're going to be moving all over the place. You're going to have a spy on Lamar Jackson because you have to. And, I mean, I can see tons of opportunity here for Justice Hill to be a sneaky little slide-out guy with Lamar Jackson. You don't have to be that accurate when you're throwing the ball two yards right. to, your, to your running back who, who runs a 4-3. And that's the same. I mean, same thing with Marquise Brown. I mean, how who are you going to double? Right now, I mean, because you already have a, you already have some sort of spy, like you said, on Lamar Jackson, which which opens up one more spot out there in the secondary. You throw you throw Miles Boykin and, and Marquise Brown. Not to mention their two tight ends that they can that they can run crazy formations out of. You can't forget Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst right. either. It's a, it's it's a big time. To, it's, there's, there's a lot a, of weapons on this team. There's gonna be a lot of mis- mismatches. They're gonna get him some easy throws because he can't really throw all that great. I'm gonna say at the end of the day. Can't, like we'll find out if he's a quarterback or not. We're gonna Be- find out because yeah. they gave him every Everything. opportunity. Signing Mark Ingram, they gave every him every opportunity. They gave him. This team went from like I don't want that receiver to a team loaded with options now. Mm-hmm. Loaded, a lot of unprovenness here, a lot of youth besides Ingram, but somebody's gonna hit. I already like Mark Andrews. I actually I think it's funny because they took. You know, Hayden Hurst in the first round last year and then waited on it and took Mark Andrews. This year they took Marquise Brown in the first and then waited and took Miles Boykin. I still like Miles Boykin better. Uh, I still think he's a higher upside player here. Uh, does this pick here, Marquise Brown being the first wide receiver off the board, first round pick for the Ravens, does for either of you, not in a super flex, in a regular PPR dynasty draft, do, for this at all, does it move Marquise Brown into the first round of your rookie rankings? It didn't for me. He was there already for me. Was he? Yeah, he was at the back end. He stayed pretty much right where he was at. Yeah, too, to, to me, again, too much worry. Because uh, you're literally hoping he becomes a unicorn and he becomes Sean Jackson. So that, to me, right there, the odds are against him. I'm worried about his drop rate as it is because he doesn't have a big catch radius. That mixed with Lamar Jackson's inaccuracy and not his ball placement isn't really that great. And Marquise Brown's limited, to, like his little, that's, that's one of his biggest flaws is he doesn't have a big wheelhouse to go actually go get the football. Right. I mentioned before, I, I like Marquise Brown. If he ends up on a team with a really accurate quarterback sure. that could put the ball on the numbers of him in stride, exactly what he had at Oklahoma in the last couple of years with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. I think for him, this, it falls in exactly what I thought about Marquise Brown in the beginning with 
He's a player that's going to really help his NFL team. He's going to be way too hit and miss for me in a dynasty perspective. I'll let everybody else take him in the first round, high in the second round. Like I said, I'd rather wait on a guy like Miles Boykin. Here, here's, here's, here is my long-term projection for what's going to happen with the Ravens. Nowadays, you draft a quarterback in the first round, you're not married to the guy like you used to be. If they, if they don't like what they see out Tell of that Le- to the Cardinals, man. If they don't like what they see <laughs> out of Lamar Jackson this year, guess what they're going to do next year? They're going to draft another quarterback. And then where is Marquise Brown's value going to be? The whole offense will change. It will look much better with a guy that can, like you said, hit a guy in stride and hit him, hit him when he's running. So Definitely Lamar Jackson is a 32nd pick in the draft whose guaranteed money is not that much. That's what I'm saying. They can move on from this guy tomorrow if they really wanted to. So it, it's – Yes, it does suck at it, but I'm 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 looking at it more of a temporary situation there with the quarterback. Okay, yeah, and that's fine. I mean, if you look at it from that, I mean, you're still dealing with the guy who need they, they got to bring in a quarterback mm-hmm. who's extremely accurate. They're dealing with a rookie. You're going to go through rookie pains. He still has a size against them. You still have that nine percent drop rate going against them as well. Um, there's again, there's just so much working against him, like. There's a lot of there's like some nice things about him, but there's a lot of things you have to worry about. It. Absolutely. To me, yep. there's too many red flags. I mean, I don't want to see that. I see too much red, and I'm thinking it's that time of the month for him, and I just got to stay away from him personally. Jesus. Um, let's move on to the next pick here, Nikhil Harry. Keneal, <laughs> Nikhil Harry. Uh, no, call him Keneal. <laughs> I, I almost refreshed that. <laughs> you um, call me Keneal. I'm di- I can't pronounce G's. I'm dyslexic. I have a speech impediment. I was up to two in the morning uh, trying to dra- trade for George Kittle, and it fell through because Matt got a 2021st for Mark Ingram and Marcus Mariota. How is that even possible? How do you get a first? How is Marcus Mariota even a swear of anything? The guy can't even feel his hands. How does he touch himself? I don't even know what's going on around here. It's like a stranger's in the house. There's just so many questions, Rich. Yeah, and I don't need all the answers, to be honest <laughs> with you. I don't. It's not. I don't need it. So. Nikhil Harry goes to the Patriots. Love it. Love it. So yeah. we, we went back and forth before. I don't think you were here for the, the first podcast. Uh, we broke down the receivers, Gary. Yeah, I, but, missed, I missed part one of that. You know, Matt had it uh, way back when we were just breaking down the tape. You had it A.J. Brown and Calvin Harmon. Mm-hmm. I had it Nikhil Harry and Hakeem Butler. Hakeem, Nikhil Harry so gets we, but we both had a miss in there. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, I got I the guy <laughs> taking the first round. Um, six foot two, 228, goes to the Patriots. He lands on a team. That is desperate for playmakers. They lose Gronkowski. They lose Chris Hogan. They have who's he competing with here? Julian Edelman, who's a nice slot guy. You know, he's a nice guy. Philip Dorsett. You know, Nikhil Harry's coming in. He's starting day one with the GOAT, Tom Brady. And Nikhil Harry's ready. I mean, this guy is just a fine receiver. He'd run after the catch. Brady's gonna love this dude. Well, that's what it is. I mean, he didn't run a ton of routes, but it, it's gonna take Brady about one second to figure out that when they're stacking the box, all he has to do is throw over the to to Nikhil and just run a little wide receiver screen. He's going to catch boom, 85 it, footballs this first year. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty gross, man. It's going to be, he's fantastic. Like this is like a bona fide home run for him landing spot. Like to me, anybody that takes any receiver above Nikhil Harry, no. you're, you're doing dynasty wrong. No, Again. there's, there's no player that should be in the same category. I mean, there, there's a, there's a few small concerns, but it's kind of like how I felt about Hawkinson. There's that tier. It's, it's Nikhil Harry at receiver. And then, then you can start your next tier. Yeah, you know what's funny about this? Like everybody else is is adjusting their tiers. My my tiers are literally just how they were five months ago. Hawkinson won, Nikhil so, Harry won. So, you're so great. Josh Jacobs won. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, dude, like, I just don't get it. You just watch. It's clear as day. You just watch the tape. Just watch the tape. Yeah. Or I, you know what? Honestly, you don't have to watch the tape. Why know why? Just listen to us. Just listen the, to you. You're the doc. 
us, Matt. This is no, team effort. just you. Well, I mean, if you want to be honest about it. I, mean, <laughs> I, had to, I had to make him smile, guys. I stole his trade. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you bring that up in such a so soon hurtful time for me. You can say a lot of dumb things right now. I'm delirious. Um, so for me, Nikhil Harry with the Patriots, you, you go back and listen to our receiver breakdown episode, why I love him so much. But this is just the, the grand scheme of things since we're 43 minutes in and we're just getting through the first round here. Uh, <laughs> he's a fantastic fit. He's literally 1B here in this draft for me. Um, you can argue he could be essentially 1C because if you took Miles Sanders, 1 overall, 1-2, I'm still not going to argue oh, with you. No. Uh, but Nikhil Harry, we can all agree, wide receiver 1 here yeah, and in yep. a tier by himself. Can we agree with that? Yep. Like literally in a tier by himself. Right, I've Matt? got tears running down my eyes right now. I can't because my eyes are so dry. Uh, <laughs> moving on to round two. Looking here in round two, I'm scrolling through here to get the first name out here. Now, I tweeted out before the draft. Rolling through Debo Samuel. Come on, don't Matt, go too far. I got to build this up. Oh, sorry. Okay. Again, why would I have crystal balls if I don't use them and bust them out all the time? My bad. I, I tweeted out on Thursday. I was like, man, I sure would love Debo a lot uh, if he landed in San Francisco. I tweet out the day before that. God, I feel I have I have Debo Samuel too low on my ranks. Why not? Because I watched the film, and I was like, I have Debo Samuel right now like six. I was like, and I told Garrett, and I told Garrett the first time we we're digging on these receivers, I was like Garrett, like I don't know if I'm gonna say this on the podcast. I don't know if I can go out there and be lamb based like this. But I was like, I think I like Debo Samuel more than I like AJ Brown. And you're like, you should say it on the podcast. I'm like, let's just let's let's give this time. Let's work through this. All right, let's give it time. Give it time. TJ Debo Samuel's right there. He's moved up to one five. He lands with San Francisco in the second round. He's the first, he's the third receiver off the board. A lot of people would probably take him back. Like, whoa, Debo. This is such a good fit. Great. It's absolutely ridiculous. Debo Samuel's so quick off the line, right? He's run such good routes. He's so good fast. Him and Jimmy Garoppolo are a match made in heaven. It's the reason I tweeted out. I was like sitting there thinking like everybody could say New England, but I was like, okay, where would Debo just like go and just dominate right away year one and be a stud for years to come? Like, oh, if he goes to San Francisco, him it and Jimmy GQ odd. and Debo, I was like, that is going to be a sexy pairing right there. I mean, you were talking Brad and Angelina Jolie <laughs> kind of pairing, right? Brandolina. So now we got Jimmy Bo. Jimmy Bo. Jimmy Bo. Jimmy Bo. Jimmy Bo. Jimmy Jibo. Well, we got rid of Jim Bob. Jimmy. G- Jimmy Jibo. Jimmy Jibo. Ooh, that's a sexy couple right there. Mm. I'm buying People Magazine. We got rid of Jim Bob Cooter, so we got to come up with Garoppa something Debo. Mm. Garoppa Debo. Jimmy. Garoppa De- Jimmy Garoppa. De- that's <laughs> for a guy who can barely speak as it is. You're trying to, you're trying to kill me. You're sending me to Denver. You want to give Ma- me that stadium? Mildai. Yeah, Mildai Stadium. Debo Samuel going to San Francisco, guys. How excited are you? I've moved him up again. It's not a huge jump because I watched the tapes. So I already had him at six. <laughs> I moved him up to as high as if you need a receiver. I'm okay with taking him as four. I got him currently right there around around four or five between him and Hawkinson, um, depending on your need. I would take I'd I would go like you know I don't want to give away our rankings because we're gonna break down these people in order. But again, it's gonna be an average ranking, so all of us together. But I love Debo Samuel here to the top half of the first round of your rookie draft. Now I think this is such a great fit. It gets me semi excited. If I had more sleep, I'd be fully excited. Definitely. Um, love it, man. Love the run after the catch. You know what I mean? It's just such a tough 
little stocky running back, able to take those like short little quick passes and turn them into something. Destroys the quick slant. So so I actually um I actually picked him in our in our superflex. I got him early in the second round, um, Great, which which was amazing to me. Um, but immediately when it was like one of the listener leagues, one of the guys was like, "Hey, I know you watch a lot more tape than me." Like. I only see like what's the difference between Debo Samuels and Dante Pettis? And he's like, I basically see them the same. I'm like, uh, they both return kicks. That's like literally the only similarity I see in them. Like, uh, just no, totally, like, totally no, different players. No, Trying to tell me like, oh, Dante Pettis is better than Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Uh, Honey Boo Boo's mom is better than Angelina Jolie too. Sure, buddy. I yeah. mean, I I had such vastly different rankings for these guys pre-draft. Um, I mean, like literally, I think Dante Pettis might have been in my third or fourth round last year, whereas we had Debo Samuel like right at the back end of the first Debo round. Debo Samuel is a now running back. Now he's moved up. Hands. Exactly. He's stocky. He's not like a, a, a lanky guy. He's very sudden, where, whereas I, I, Dante Pettis just to me is is high points the ball really well. Soft. I, I, you know, Dante Pettis. Yeah, was he's, just, he's, that, he's that quick, good, you know, you can run around, fast receiver, he gets open, he's going to be okay. But yeah, he's not he's not going over the middle of the field he's and not high making, point the He's ball. not getting a bunch of yards after the catch unless yeah. unless he's wide open and, and he's just galloping down the, the galloping down the field. Yeah, right. let me make this very clear for everybody that's listening right now. Debo Samuel's the number one receiver on that team. He's going to be very in short order. Oh, you know? no, I'm telling you right now. Like, he's the number one receiver on that team. He's, he's the guy you want. I mean, he's going to catch a ton of football year, year one. Remember, he's a senior, too. Like, this isn't somebody coming in here and like, oh, what's going on here? He Like, he could he could run some routes. He played some – again, you know he went to South Carolina. I mean, that's still – you're playing good competition. Oh, yeah. You know, he's a solid player. Yeah, he's probably the best uh, route runner in the class uh, up there with A.J. Brown and a couple other guys. He's – Man, I I really like him a lot. I've I've already taken him a, in a couple different spots. Uh, he was my wide receiver five before, up to number three now for me overall at receiver. Uh, so I'm yeah I'm ecstatic and I'm I'm targeting him in in, in the middle part of the first round in non super flex leagues uh, okay. all day. Then we you know we talked about Drew Locke goes to Denver. They shared up for him. That's all fine and dandy. Irv Smith Jr. goes to the Minnesota Vikings. Nice spot there behind Kyle Rudolph. May they move on from Kyle Rudolph. I heard the Patriots had some interest in possibly trading for a guy like Kyle Rudolph. I think for Irv Smith, this is we again we mentioned a scheme fit that'd be really good. I, I love him behind the line. He can actually play some fullback, halfback there with Dalvin Cook. I think that's a good matchup. I love the fact that they play in a dome. I love the fact that they have three solid weapons on the outside of him too to open him up. Uh, I don't. I feel like in that offense, he doesn't have to be that big bruising tight end either. Uh, I think this is a really good fit for him. It's a, it's a really nice fit. I, I love that landing spot for him. I think it gives him a, maybe a year to develop there. I think they're probably going to keep Kyle Rudolph if I had to guess. I mean, uh, you know, you make a pick like that, not expecting to push the guy into the starting lineup it's right a, away. It's a three-year window we're looking at. Yeah. I, Smith I, I most so. likely to be a, a, a consistent fantasy contributor. We're probably looking at right like around the 2021 20, season. But – which is going to push him into the second round and probably mid-range second round, to be honest with you. You know it's a good landing spot, but like with other people getting boat, it's not getting, it's not necessarily him falling because of where he landed. It's more like people getting a boost because of where they landed. You know, you're going, to get, you're like a, you could see a guy like Justice Hill going ahead of him. You could see Nicole Hardman, a hundred percent now, should go ahead of him uh, for situations like that. I want to try and get through these, some of these. You know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on everybody here. Uh, next guy, obviously, we got to spend a little time on here is AJ Brown goes to Tennessee. Now, I tweeted this out. I absolutely hate it. Hate it with a passion. 
Uh, I think we're talking about guys that get big bumps. I think A.J. Brown's getting uh, clearly out of everybody, even people that liked A.J. Brown, he has dropped significantly in the rankings. He went from being 1-1 overall to a ton of people. Like Garrett, you had him 1-1 overall. Yep. Where do you have him today? I think if you move Approximately. him. Yeah, I think if you move him, if, if you're like me and he was one of your or maybe even your top player, you can't move him out of your first round. Yes, it's a terrible landing spot. Yes, I hate Marcus Mariota, and I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a much better option. However, if you think he is that talented of a player, he can't fall out of your first round. So I have him, I believe, at eight or nine. I think that's exactly where he belongs, eight or nine. And I, 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 I have him at seven, and, and I'm looking right at your rankings. I think you have him there as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here's what I here's what I here's what I see like or how I see it, I guess. Richard Matthews was able to be fantasy relevant with a guy like Mariota as his quarterback for, for a couple of years. And I think A.J. Brown can be as successful as him early on. I mean, I think he runs a lot of the similar stuff that's close to the line of scrimmage. They should be easy passes for Mariota to complete. I think a lot of people are getting jaded by the Corey Davis type of, of, of stuff where he, where he didn't really jump off. But Mariota's been injured. He should theoretically be able to throw the ball a little bit better this year. And and he's just better with these shorter throws. I feel like, and Corey yeah. Davis is is such a big play threat and a guy and such a big wide receiver that gets down the field so well. Maybe maybe the value isn't there for a player like Corey Davis, whereas it it may have a little bit or or there may be a little bit more meat there on the bone. I guess for a guy like AJ Brown. Yeah, I like AJ Brown. I think he's a solid player. We mentioned before he's one of the safest players in this draft. When I mentioned before how I had Debo Samuel ahead of him because it's. Again, everybody loves A.J. Brown, and I like A.J. Brown. You know what I mean? I think he's a solid player, but there's literally, like when I watched his tape, there's it wasn't something like, oh, like like you had him 1-1. At no point throughout this whole process have I ever at any point go, man, I got to get A.J. Brown. You know what I mean? Like I'm taking Paris Campbell ahead of him, if I'm being honest. I'm taking Debo Samuel ahead of him. I'm taking, uh, obviously, you know, uh, Nikhil Harry. Hey. All right. three of those running backs, both of the tight ends ahead of him, you know, right there. So I, he's right around that eight nine. That's where the gamble is. I like the Matt uh, comparison here to Rashard Matthews, but again, I mean, if Mariota is going to be at the helm here, and when I see him, because I, th- I think Mariota is a kind of like an Andy Dalton, is what I think. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a guy who is a wide receiver three. Well, the nice part, though, kind of going back to what Matt said earlier with Baltimore, this is another situation that the quarterback situation could change drastically. This is his last season. This is his last season. This is his last opportunity to prove it. So he either puts up a great season or the Titans are moving on because they're a team that is a playoff contending team in every area except the quarterback. It is make or break for Mario. I 100% I 100% think if Mario doesn't take a big step forward this year, I mean big step forward. Yep. He's not he's, getting re-signed. He's not getting re-signed. I mean, you don't go out and trade for a guy like, you know, Tannehill if you don't have concerns to begin with. You Correct. know what I mean? So so the concerns are there. It's already they're already almost getting the ball rolling uh, on a quarterback change. All right. Very next pick. Mind blown here. Um Drew Sample, tight end to the Bengals. Very next pick. Washington tight end. Uh, he's somebody who li- literally had to write down his name because I have no tape on him. <laughs> I have no, I can't even sit here as a dynasty analyst give you perspective. But I will when we get to when we get to our rankings in our. I saw a little stuff. bit, and he's more of a blocker. Like that's yeah. Okay, so it's, nobody has hot takes on him, but no. it's still a shocker. Uh, I, I wrote that he was a decent blocker. 
Okay. Because I, I, I did I did look at some of the stuff. He, he's a he's a halfway smooth athlete. Um, he lined up in the slot and and. All right, we're gonna sit here, we're not gonna sit here and talk about sunscreen all day. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Miles Sanders, next pick to the Eagles. Fantastic pick. Love love this pick. Love. The, here's the dumbest. Okay, I don't want to call names. I'm gonna call names. Here's the dumbest takes I heard all weekend long. Well, you can't have Miles Sanders that high. They have a history of running, doing a running back by committee. Yeah, you know when you do a running back committee, when you don't have one good running back and you have three average running backs and you have to do it by committee because this guy catches the ball well. This guy runs the ball well. This is a good goal line back. Well, guess what, buddy? All that's changed. You just got Miles Sanders, and guess what he does? All of that. All of that. Yep. All, this is such a damn good pick. I tweet out, if you want to take him 1-1 over Josh Jacobs, you are not hearing any argument over me. I love Miles Sanders. Hips so loose, he'll be on Dancing with the Stars. I love him. I mean, this guy is a talented. He's going to a dynamic offense that added another big weapon who we're going to be talking around Ooh, here. Ooh, yeah, we are. Right here next. This is such a good fit. Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Nelson Algalor, Alshon Jeffrey, J.J. Arcega Whiteside, who you go? You know what? Go ahead and stack the box against Miles Sanders. He's still going to get three yards on you. Did you say Dallas Goddard? You know I didn't. Oh, miss Dallas Goddard. I just wanted to make sure the heir apparent to Zacherts. That team's not going anywhere. I just wanted anytime mention, soon. I just young. wanted to mention his name twice. That <laughs> offense is so young, and they just literally just replaced their oldest player with in, with in Alshon, who's a solid player. They're going to replace right. him here. They've got their they got their long term replacement there. I'm going to say this is what I'm going to say about it because again we're running out of some time here. This is going to be hey, well let's just face the facts. Our last big free episode is going to be going out with a bang here. Hey, there you go. It's right. going to be going. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, who needs sleep when you can talk dynasty, right? Exactly. Miles Sanders, the highest you would take him, Garrett. Two, if I needed, if I needed a running back, two. Matt, the highest you would possibly take him. Yeah, two. Okay, two, t- one. I wouldn't one even. Is I the highest I would take him. Yeah. Because uh, would what, you take him higher than one? Be honest. Um. <laughs> it, I bet. Know, I bet you you would Panama red. If I got a couple. <laughs> If I got a couple hours of sleep because I was trying to get George Kittle all night, and then, you know, I just did like a whole bunch of drugs and drank some booze, and maybe somebody blew cigarette smoke in my face, like maybe I would. I mean, you might. Yeah, I'd be feeling real high. You'd be real uh, high. Yeah, get a cigarette smoke in my face, you nasty ass. Um, to me, I, I, I would like. I always look at things. Okay, if I had one one and I had ten one, I, all this I always try to look at. It. If I had ten one ones, would I take like like last year? Saquon Barkley ten out of ten times. What would I do here? Well, here I would take Josh Jacobs in a third, you know, probably maybe four out of 10. And then I would take Nikhil Harry four out of 10, but two out of 10, I'm taking Miles Sanders in those slots because oh, that's, that's, that, and that's how I look at it. Like for like guys sure, like that, like sure. where's the highest I would take him? I was just saying a sample of 10, like who can get in there if I really want to diverse my, diversify myself. Uh, love the pick. And we can all agree it's a fantastic Man, pick. Yep. Fantastic. Don't listen. Anybody that says this guy is going to be a running back by committee, they haven't watched Miles Sanders' tape, and that's silly talk. Because we love Miles Sanders before he landed on any team. It didn't matter where he was getting drafted. As long as it wasn't somewhere behind like Todd Gurley or somebody, he right. was going to be the man. But what about Jordan Howard? <laughs> <laughs> what about Jordan Howard? <laughs> Does Jordan Howard even get out of camp? Nah. Yeah, I mean, best yeah. best joke I've told all day. Uh, maybe your whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
moving on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my draft hacker, but the next guy up is JJ Arcega Whiteside. Am I right? No, actually, no. It's actually it's me, Cole Hardman. Me, Cole Hardman. Yep. Huge shocker. Shocker. Um, but to be sit, to be fair, this is a Tyree Kill clone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's only played football for two years. Right. In high school, he was a quarterback and he played defense. But he's five and ten. He's fast and he's super duper fast. They're basically the exact same size human beings, and they are almost identical in speed. And he's literally going to slide right into that. Listen, they know what they're doing, Tyreek Hill. That's the thing. Like we 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 all were kind of down on Michael Hardman, and 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 really, I mean, it was he's hard. Raw. He's raw, and it was we we admitted it when we when we talked about. Um, Ridley that it's just a hard offense to even evaluate wide receivers and they don't throw the ball that much. So do I think that Andy Reed has a better read and better ideas of what he can do with a Michael Hardman than whatever the coach at Georgia is? Yeah, I, I really do. So that he's going to naturally get a little bit of a boost in, in my rankings sure. as compared to pre-draft. Yeah. You can take him as high as eight overall. Like if you took him ahead of AJ Brown, like I wouldn't Ooh, slap you in the face. I, I couldn't would. do it. No. I, the opportunity is so great here. Again, we, we talk about like scheme fit and opportunity, right? For what he does, he fits. We fits a scheme perfectly for what he does. All he has to do, literally all he has to do is run the route He's told and actually catch the football. Right. And he could be, he could be that guy. I mean, Pat Mahomes could throw it over the fence. He could throw it over them. there mountains. Well, that's what I meant to say, but I'm delirious. Right I know. Now. Um, so to me, it's like, I, again, I'm not taking him one eight, but like, I could see somebody, like if somebody did take one eight, I wouldn't be like, that's a stupid ass pick taking him over AJ Brown. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't no, take I've him over AJ Brown personally, but to me, it's just, there's, they need, they need that threat part of their, it's what makes that offense so prolific. And I, mean, I, I can understand the allure of, of trying to take a guy like that in an offense like this. But for me, that's still just a little bit too high. Okay. What if they would take in, um, justice Hill, at running back. I would have loved it. But yeah, I guess you like his tape too, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But same thing. I mean, with, with with us feeling really good about Tyree Kill leaving, I mean, it's it's almost the same thing like Kareem Hunt leaving, and you're filling in that running back. Like Damian but Williams is he, just okay. Here's, but in that offense, he's fabulous. Here's the risk. It, we saw this early in Tyree Kill's career, and this is assuming he's as good as Tyree Kill. Early in Tyreek Hill's career, he was very hit and miss. He was kind of like Deshaun Jackson, where sure. one week he'll give you you know, those couple really big plays. And then the next week you're going to get nothing from him. And so that's assuming he's as good as him. I don't think he is personally. And I don't know that I want to ride that roller coaster either. And st- let me stand if I correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they trade up for him? Hmm. I honestly don't. Know. I don't remember either. Okay. I may be wrong. This something's like tingling in my sick. It could be true. Saying that they traded up for him here. Like, Maybe I'm wrong. Talk, talk amongst, amongst yourselves. I'll look it up. Okay. Next guy off the board to the Eagles again. JJ Arcega Whiteside. Loved this. Love this. Love him taking that Alshon roll over. You know what I mean? Alshon goes in there, you know, he drops that ball. You know, it sucks. You know, it is what it is. His shoulder hurts. Shoulder injuries. Yeah. You know, but this guy is a terrific, like, for what they need. I mean, they have the good tight ends there as well. But for an outside receiver that can go up and get the football with Carson Wentz, this is a fabulous fit. It's, it's a tailor-made spot. He was a guy that I loved going in. I, I literally pounded the table for him here in this room. You did. You actually pounded the table I for him. I literally love did. Him. Yes, I love this guy. And you you couldn't have asked for a much a much better landing spot. And the draft capital, too. 
I don't know that most people expected him to be drafted quite this high. Um, it was a little bit higher than I expected. And so when you put all of those things together and it's a guy that you already liked on top of it and all those things fit in perfectly. You love the uh, validation behind the pick. It, exactly. It's, it's it's like, you know, when carry on gets drafted high, like, I always have Nikhil Harry for me going, you know, in the first, when yep. he, he's clear, but when you have those guys, not necessarily even that high, that get drafted higher than most that you believed in and they get in a good spot. It makes you feel really good about it. Already. For sure. It gives you a bump. Would you take him ahead of AJ Brown? I would. I have him as my wide receiver too. That high, okay. Yep. He's I the one one guy above Debo. I too would take him above AJ Brown if I'm being honest, just because of the upside there and the situation. Uh, I think it's a great fit. I think yeah. it's a fabulous fit. He's on a good team. Terrific. Moving on, Colts take a couple picks later. Paris Campbell to the Colts again. Love it. Love it. Love the fit there, man. Love the fit. I mean, you got T.Y. Hilton on the outside. You got Devin Funches to be your outside big tub of goo. Even though I think they're, they might move Devin Funches in the slot where he actually played really well. Uh, but again, playing in a dome, playing with Andrew Luck. If you just treat him and just – if you don't even open him up and let him move outside and go deep with that speed, uh, I'm okay with that. They just utilize him in a role he played at Ohio State with these quick – these quick slants. So here was what I saw. Paris Campbell was the guy that I thought would be the most Tyreek Hill-esque type of player. Hmm. And here he yeah. is. He lands in virtually the same offense. I mean, this is this is an Andy Reid disciple that's, that's there with the Colts. Mm-hmm. And here's this Tyreek Hill-esque player. Landing in landing in that offense. So in Paris Campbell, that he's the one that I see the most the most comp to a Tyreek Hill type of guy is, is Paris Hill, Paris Campbell going forward. Yeah, he's somebody who we had in the first round. Are literally he's he's been in the first round of our rookie draft since we did our way too early premature back in February uh, rookie sure. mock draft. Yeah. Paris Campbell's been there every step of the way. He's a dynamic playmaker going to a dynamic team. That's on the up with Andrew Luck, some good weapons around him. I think this is a great fit. I think Terrace Campbell's locked into the first round. Again, you're talking anywhere from he's not going to go this high, but if you took somebody took Paris Campbell at six, seven, say they had like Andrew, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, I'm really, I'm okay to take Paris Campbell ahead of AJ Brown. I mean, okay with obviously if you've got Miko Hardman, I'm okay with taking him ahead of JJ Arcega Whiteside. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's right up there in that next tier. I mean, obviously you can take him ahead of. Hakeem Butler. So if he's a third receiver off the board, I have no qualms about it. Cause that's the kind of draft this is going to be. It's going to be what kind of flavor of ice cream do you want out of the Neapolitan? Right? So yeah, for me, Paris Campbell is right around there. The third receiver off my board. Like I'd have, I'd debate between me cause I love Hakeem Butler between Butler and Campbell. You know, Campbell's got the pat draft pedigree. He's got the better offense. Uh, overall, he's in a better spot to contribute right away. Again, Campbell could come in here and be a fantasy contributor right out of the way. This is something you could draft, and you could put him in as your wide receiver three potentially if everything works out. I was on the uh, fantasy football roundtable yesterday with uh, our, our own uh, Dennis culture Bennett, coach. culture yeah. coach, and uh, with Matthew Bruning. And he uh, he actually took – Matt took uh, Paris Campbell at the 1-4. No, 1 – yeah, it was either 1-4 or 1-5. Uh-huh. He took him. And so, I mean, there are people – that, that will take him that I'm a little bit lower on him. I didn't love his tape quite as much as everybody else. And even for somebody that is self-admittedly a little bit lower, I still have him in the first round. Yeah, for me, again, we mentioned earlier, this is such a potpourri draft. And if you'd like the guy, there's nobody should be laughing at anybody. They're like, oh, you can't take him that high. Like, dude, you take, you're take you taking our second, you're taking Miko Hardman. 
and you're ta- or you're taking J- like I like JJ too, but like I just think Paris Campbell has a much better fit, sure. higher c- contribute right here. I'm taking Paris Campbell. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The big thing no. here is he's locked in in the first round. You're just saying, do you need a receiver here or do you need a tight end? You know, you're taking Noah Fant or you need one Paris Campbell. If you don't want Paris Campbell, what receiver are you taking? I think that's a tier. You know what I mean? I think AJ Brown, yep. Yep. JJ, uh, or Sega Whiteside, Debo, Hakeem Butler. I'd actually have Debo. You have him a separate tier? I have him in a separate tier. Okay. I think that fits so perfect. So Nikhil, Debo, and then then this tier? Yes. Okay. Because to me, it's locked in there. Like To okay. me, it's either, out, of those, out of those 10 times, when it comes to receiver, 10 out of 10 times, I'm taking Nikhil Harry, one. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 times, I'm taking Debo Samuel, two. Okay. Personally. Sure. Now we get to the next tier. A.J. Brown, Paris Campbell, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Hakeem Butler. Yep. That's my like little cup of tea for me personally of guys that I like in that next tier. I'm in that same range too. Now you've been researching over there for a while. He did get traded. I'm just trying to figure out what what they actually traded. They traded up for him. They did trade. That's all okay. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That helps. But again, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, so they wanted it. Like, mm-hmm. They wanted it. That was their first pick in the draft because they, they gave away their first round pick for um, – Frank, Frank Clark. Frank, Frank yeah, Clark. I thought I read that correctly. That they they try like they desperately wanted him. They they think he's such a good fit for this. Again, it's not because Michael Hardman's the best receiver on the board. He fits their scheme so well that they went they moved up in the draft to go draft that guy. Right. So he's got the pedigree of a second round. But not only that, I just want to make it. I made the same emphasis about like Karrion Johnson. How they moved. You know, they they got Karrion Johnson. You know, these teams that move up for guys they got like their that. Guy. Sure. You know, when Alvin, the reason we preached Alvin Kamara so hard a year ago and why we told you he's going to be such a good player was scheme fit. And not only that, they moved up to that third round of draft. Alvin Kamara was a third round pick, but they gave up a second round pick this year right. to get Alvin Kamara. And that's too. what I, that's what I was trying to figure out. I couldn't, I couldn't find it though. That's how much that, that and, and to me that said a lot. So the fact sure. that they trade up for Hardman means they know what's happening with Tyreek Hill. They know what they want to do. Oh yeah, they definitely. And they know where this guy's going to fit in the system. It just—it's on me, Cole Hardman. Can he make it work? Right. That's and, all. and Andy Reid came out like right after this, right after they picked him, basically, and did a press conference and said it had nothing to do with Tyreek yeah, Hill, which is which is laughable, <laughs> you know. Next pick here, Cardinals take Andy Isabella, uh, a nice, good speedster, route runner. He'll fit good in that offense. I, I think his draft stock stays right the same, right there, mid second round pick, high about. second round pick. Yeah, yep. it's it, he's a good gamble there. Next goes DK Metcalf. I love I, – I tweet out, like, was everybody yelling at me because I didn't have DK Metcalf in the first round of my rookie mock, and here he is, the fifth, sixth, seventh receiver off the board, the very last pick in the second round. He, You know, he thought he was going to be a first-round pick. He got barely picked in the second round. Uh, I think the landing spot for me personally, like, if I – for somebody who's been hating on Debo, I mean, DK Metcalf, I mean, the land spot's a pretty good land. That's, that's, actually, that's actually, yeah, it's a nice place for him. I mean, Doug Baldwin's obviously on his way out. He, he, you know, he's contemplating retirement as we speak. And they only have Tyler Lockett there as the other guy who, who's a small receiver. They're, they don't really have an established tight end. So, I mean, really, DK Metcalf's going into a situation where he's going to be a able great to, spot. He's going to be able to establish himself as a red zone threat and, and as a go long type of guy. Okay. So, that being said, he's still not in the first round of my rookie draft. Me neither. He's not in any. He's not in any. Here's the, here's, uh, he snuck into mine. Did he sneak into he yours? Snuck, he here, snuck into mine. He's at eleven. That's sneaky okay, bastard. Here, here's why, and here's why. Right, the film's still the film. Mm-hmm. He still only runs two routes essentially: the go route and the comeback route. It's still a run heavy first team because you still got Chris Carson and you got Rashad Penny who's going to be fully the held. They're going to run the ball a ton here. You got Tyler Lockett who's got a really good rapport with. Russell Wilson. I mean, a really good report. He's a fan. 
I mean, Tyler Lockett's one of the best route runners in the NFL. Right. He's fantastic. And he just got an extension. I'm telling you, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to regress. He's going to regress because of those touchdowns. I think Tyler Lockett can be just as good. Yeah, some of those touchdowns will come back, but I think he actually score, you know, the Baldwin out more receptions, more yards for him as well. I love Tyler Lockett. I think he's the number one receiver in his team. Again, I think DK Metcalf is a guy who helps the NFL team more than he helps your fantasy team. If you're looking for a hit and miss kind of game, yeah, there's going to be games. Of course, DK Metcalf has two touchdowns sure. and five catches for 120 yards. Yeah, yep. he's going to have those games. Then he's got the catch for, then he's got the games where he's like, you know, when he plays the Browns, he has to face D- Greedy Williams. He's going to have two catches for 30 yards. Yeah. Yeah, but have a do, French Flintstone. No thanks. Greedy. Go, Greedy. Um, and let's, so again, to me, he's still. He actually moved up a little bit in my rankings. Like he's like my, he's not my first, but like I'm okay with taking him at two one. Yeah, I would still try. Me personally, I'm still saying exactly like if DK Metcalf set the board down. at two one, I am desperately trying to get like a championship caliber's twenty twenty first for that pick. You know, yep. like dude, it's DK Metcalf. Do you see him? He looks like the Terminator. Yep. I mean, he's like a GI Joe sculpted body. You don't want this Terminator. Uh, so let's get into the third round here. Uh, some offensive players off the board. <laughs> Second pick in the third round is a guy we mentioned um, on the receivers podcast. Like, I wish I had time to get to him. I didn't have a chance to study his tape. I was really intrigued by the limited tape I saw. Deontay Johnson to the Steelers. Right. I mean, the Steelers do one thing really, really well. Develop That's receivers. groom wide receivers and develop them. Yep. This is a really good spot. I mean, especially especially from like the MAC conference. I mean, let's be real specific here. They they've been plucking those guys for a few years now. Yeah, this is a great fit. I mean, for somebody who's I mean, is he locked in as a second-round pick, or is he just going to keep going in the third where I see him go? I think it's a little bit of an iffy situation. I think as time goes on, he'll probably creep up. And, and and looking at my rankings, I probably have him a little bit too low, to be honest, and I have him in the third round. So he, he I think the more I watch on him, the more the more that it gets reported how he's doing well in, in mini camps and stuff like that, which will, which will come out. They always leak those kind of things, like about their new draft picks or whatever. He'll start creeping up. Yeah, yeah, people are gonna want him. Yeah, I need to I need to dig in him, into him more. He was not one of the he, he wasn't a guy I expected to go in the third round. Um, so it, it surprised me when I heard that name, and and I wish I had, had done more uh, on him. But he's definitely electric. Um, he's 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 quick. I I could see them utilizing him well, and so I've it, heard, I've heard Emmanuel Sanders comps already coming mm-hmm. out coming out about him. So and he's not a guy that's like he's not like a four three guy. He ran a four five three. So he's he, quicker, like he's quicker than he is. Right. And yeah. he had a, he had a pretty decent, uh, you know, three cone. He had 7.09, the 20 yard. I don't know what happened. He had a, he had a 4.45. So it, it, that's weird. Yeah. It's one of those things where those numbers don't really make a lot of sense. Something had to happen. Something had to have yeah. happened there. And, and from, you know, from everything I've heard, he is a very, he's quicker than fast type mm-hmm. of wide receiver that can get open in short areas. Yeah. When, when we actually break down our overall rankings on the uh, upcoming Nerd Herd podcast, I will, we should all have some pretty solid takes at that point on Deontay Johnson. Yep. So he might actually move up for us here. He could. He's somebody who's going to fluctuate a lot because, again, I don't have enough tape on him. You know, I. I haven't had enough time, but by the time that we come down to actually rank him and put him in the system, I will have him. He's number one on my list of guys to watch. Got to watch some Drew Sample, too, of course. Some who? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Drew some, Sample. Some yep. block. Yep. Uh, next pick off the board, very next pick, really shocking here, Jalen Hurd. 
Yeah. So yeah, that was definitely over Hakeem Butler. That was definitely a shock to me, also. And there's already like weird talk coming out that that he may end up playing a little tight bit of end. tight end. Saw that. So and it's one of those things where we we mentioned that he lost a bunch of weight to play wide receiver, and it sounded like he was almost he was playing at nearly 250 pounds at running back. I had no idea he was that. Yeah, big. he was like Derrick Henry basically. That is ginormous. Yeah, he's I, a big dude. I I assumed that he grew taller. You know what I mean? From but he must have been six six four the entire time and was just yeah. running at two fifty because he looked so thick and built when he was a running back. It, it he really changed his body. Well, regardless, I, I'm rambling now. He, there there's a, there's early talks that he might he might do a little bit of tight end. Yeah, it's weird because you know you're like oh they signed Marquise Goodwin to an extension. Everybody's like oh Dante Pettis is the greatest thing ever, but then they take a you know receiver that very high in the second round and then they come right back in the third round take another receiver. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, Real interesting, Dante Pettis truthers. Yeah, granted, they just need more weapons, but still, it's Marquise Goodwin's a speedster too. So it's it's, it's interesting. It's interesting, Jalen Hurd. Um, to me, he's still right at the back end of the second high, you know, third yeah. round pick yeah, here. Definitely. Uh, yep. Josh Oliver goes to Jackson Jacksonville in the third round. Great fit. A team Great needs spot. a tight end, a high upside developing tight end here. I think it's a fantastic fit. Yep. Yes, sir. That's it, everybody. On this one, we're cruising here. Yeah, let's cruise through. Daryl Henderson goes to the Rams uh, again. After I mentioned, after Justice Hill, I want nothing to do with any running backs. Yeah, that was a tough one. I was I was hoping he'd land in a better spot. Ter- terrible spot for so. Day. Yeah, it he he definitely moved down my board. It's weird he went ahead of Montgomery, but think like thank it's, God, it, yeah. it's a save for Montgomery because if Montgomery would have went to uh, L.A., yeah, right, right, He's and then Daryl Henderson went to the Chicago. We'd be a whole different story. We're it having a conversation here because we're like, oh well, you know, because I was kind of again, I was kind of down on Daryl Henderson. <clears throat> like I, you liked him way more than I did, and I just no. didn't really see it out there. But besides the point, David Montgomery goes to the Bears, and for somebody who again, I wasn't as high on David Montgomery as everybody else. I like him. I think he's a really solid running back. I think this is a fantastic fit. Fantastic. Yeah. They're they're already talking. You know, they're talking him up as as basically a Kareem a three up, down back, a, a three down Kareem Hunt type of guy, which is you know same same style offense the Kansas City runs. So if they're talking him up like that, that's that's money in the bank. You know, I mean, it sucks for Tariq Owen, Tariq Cohen owners. It's no, what sucks for Tariq Cohen's own owners is that the team actually came out and said, yeah, this is probably going to cut into uh, Tariq Cohen's uh, rushes. Right. Rushes and pass catching because we think David Montgomery is a three. We'll down see. Back. I'm not convinced, but but I'm a, I'm a Cohen truther, so we'll see. I knew you were going to say that because you wrote an article saying, "Yeah, don't I'm, let I'm not worried. Happen. Worry about Cohen." And I love Cohen too, but it's just here's the thing: the littlest uptick, downtick on him. Sure, makes him go from running back 11 to running back 17. Sure, but you he's still I mean? a running back too, and he's getting drafted as like. No. 22 right now. No, for sure. No, for he sure. He still has a lot of good value. He right, still holds exactly. value as that pass catch for sure. Yeah. You know, but but now he slips down closer to that, like, you know, Jalen was sharp, like a little bit above Jalen was but like, that kind of, it's still sure. a dynamic offense. He does sure. that well. But if David Montgomery can show that he can do that, then it's going to hurt a little bit more. It could. And I'm a Cohen fan too. You know what I mean? It's just, I think this is a really good, good spot for Montgomery. I'm okay with taking him as high as number four overall now mm-hmm. uh, in rookie drafts. It's, That's where I have him. You know, just an opportunity. I wish, I'm. A, here's the thing. At four in our old league, I'm taking Hawkinson, right? But David Montgomery is going to be real, for a guy who Don't only do. has three running backs on his roster and Melvin Gordon, on Johnson, and Leonard Fournette. Well, I'm at Breida. You know, those are three really good running backs, but this is dynasty. You never have enough. Uh, it's going to be hard to pass on a guy if you if I know he's going to be the three down running back there, no matter how bad I need tight end. That being said, I'm still taking Hawkinson. I don't. I wouldn't blame you though, man. Team scenario. Yep. Um, 
Next pick here, a little interesting, Devin Singletary in Buffalo. I mean, how many running backs are they going to have on this team? Well, I think that's I think that spells it, man. They're going to be getting rid of one of those guys, don't you think? I mean, they, the third round pick is is no throwaway pick nowadays. It's not a throwaway a pick on a scat back kind of running back. No. It's just kind of it's weird. They signed T.J. Yeldon, who could do yeah. that too. It's just it's weird. I'm Buffalo. I mean, dude, I'm treating Buffalo like it's Game of Thrones, right? Like same thing. Like who's going to be left sitting on top of the throne here at the end of it? Because right now, I have no idea what's going right. to Buffalo. To me, it's too risque. I'm not touching it because I don't like Devin up. Singletary's tape enough just to say, oh yeah, he's the guy there. Hmm. No, I like T.J. Yeldon more than I like De- Devin Singletary. Am I crazy? No, no, you're not crazy, man. Because we're just staring at the clock. How long we've been doing this podcast? We just want to get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, moving on, Jay Sternberger, Sternberger goes to Green Bay. Great fit, big um, receiver. Um, um, um. They have tons of big receivers out there. It's a nice fit. He's locked in second round pick. Like the guy. Anybody have anything they want to say about him? No, nah, that's nope. good. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, so let's talk about it. This, this, since it is, we're at an hour and twenty minutes. Let's just kind of wrap this up, and we're gonna go through every pick here. Let's talk about some of the late guys that we had higher on our boards uh, mm-hmm. and where they ended up. Hakeem Butler. Goes in Arizona. Everybody's like, oh. I've had people tell me, like, oh, for a guy who had Hakeem Butler as his number one, two, and you're sitting there poo-pooing on DK Metcalf being high, you have a lot to say. And I'm like, yeah, Hakeem Butler barely moves down my board, dude. He's the the first pick in the fourth round. He goes to Arizona with Kyler Murray, who's extremely accurate. He's a better quarterback than he had at Iowa State. David... I, you know, Hakeem Butler is documenting why he took longer to develop and why his breakout ages later than most people. Yeah. I love his tape drip immensely. He's got Larry Fitzgerald to tutel him, uh, give him some tutelage out there, kind of slow him up a little bit and get him acclimated from Iowa State to the NFL. They got Christian Kirk there who's dynamic. They bring Andy Isabella in too, could be a nice little slot receiver. They got David Johnson. Again, Kyler Murray, my favorite aspect of Kyler Murray's game is his accuracy. Yep. He's extremely accurate. I mean, this. This is going to benefit Hakeem Butler a ton. He's going to be the biggest weapon they have on that team. Yep. Christian Kirk, small. Andy Isabella, he's not a big time, you know, no. big. He's 5'10 he's or 5'10. something. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when Kyler Red Murray's got to get on a step stool to go through, so he wants to throw the football to, there it is, the Statue of Liberty. Hakeem Butler, a great red zone threat. David Johnson's going to get the ball downfield, all right? Throw it to Mr. Liberty. Give it to Hakeem Butler. I mean, he's wearing a robe and a crown. What are you What are you waiting for? The torch is pointing you in the right direction. Love the pick there. Love the landing spot. I'll bump Hakeem Butler down a little bit in my rankings. I'm okay with that. But I'm still I'm still okay with taking Hakeem Butler as high as number six over a goal. I don't give a rat's behind who disagrees with me. I see he's going second round in every draft I'm in. Every draft I'm in. But guess what? This is great because the second round picks this year are the easiest picks to get in any draft I've ever seen. All you have to do is give up a 20-20 second and maybe like the third this year and you can get up there. And I actually, for a class that's going to be super deep, and I'm okay with it. I'd have no problem giving up a 2022nd for Hakeem Butler. No problem whatsoever. He's a nice player, man. It, it, uh, you know, his fall in the draft is causing him to slip in, in dynasty drafts, which I think is a little bit silly. I mean, if if you can get him in the second round of of your dynasty draft, you're you're, you're just getting immense talent. I mean, yeah, immense. it's it's an incredible buy opportunity. I I still have him around eight nine. So right I'm, there. I'm, I'm I'm thrilled. I have him at like six. So yep. that's right. I couldn't. I, I every time I try to move him down, I'm like, no, the tape's just too good. Like I just love his tape. I this is my one two going into it. Well, no, Josh, one three right behind here. Sure, um, but I love them that much. And then Kelvin Harmon goes to Washington sixth round. And Grant, the sixth round's not great. And no, it's, not, it's not a great time to get drafted. But he's going to a really good opportunity. Yeah, there's not a lot ahead of him there. I mean, Josh Dotson blows. Uh, they have Trey Quinn. 
there. You talked about we, we didn't talk about the other receiver they drafted too. Oh, and Terry McLaurin. Ter- Ter- so let's talk about yeah. yeah. So they bring Dwayne Haskins again and Terry McLaurin, who's his college right. teammate, so he knows exactly what he does well. Dwayne Haskins literally tweeted out like, Hey, can you draft one of these guys? And they did. They did. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. And I think with 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 his accuracy and Dwayne Haskins' accuracy and ball placement. I think it's a perfect fit for a player like Kelvin Harmon who can yep. position himself well and be that possession receiver. They got a dynamic slot guy like Trey Quinn. They got Terry McLaurin to put on the outside with the 4-3 speed. I think Kelvin Harmon's going to be their nice PP. I think in PPR leagues, I mean, Kelvin Harmon's going to be a nice, nice, valuable asset. I think he's going to fall right into that like underappreciated uh wide receiver three role that yep. everybody never – he always gets moved. Like, we always compared like the back old guy back in the day who – I think started it all was the Brian Hartline who would get moved and nobody, he'd always go super late in drafts for some reason, but he was always like a wide receiver three. There's always those guys that are the wide receiver threes that nobody wants. I think Kelvin Harmon has a chance now, not guarantee this, to be that guy. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think the future there is Terry McLaurin and Kelvin Harmon. I don't care that he went in the sixth round. Again, I'm going off the tape. You know, there's a lot of receivers that went ahead of him. That's fine. I like the player. I Trey, think this is a Trey good Quinn was Mr. Irrelevant last year, and we're talking about him now. Yeah, and he's a slot guy. You know, and they're, cause we went to one, oh, whoever the slot guy in Washington is going to eat because Case Keenum throws at a slot guy 25% of the time. Well, Case Keenum's. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. So I think it's a good spot for him. Anybody else that we kind of missed here uh, that we were high on before? Uh, the one guy I'll say is uh, I had uh, Darwin Thompson uh, out of Utah State. I had him at, as my 10th ranked, 10th ranked running back uh, coming into it, and he went to Kansas City. Great spot. Yeah. It's a great landing spot. So I, I'm not saying he's going to take over the job. But if, if you're wanting to take a bet on a later round guy, he's a good one to sneak up your board a little bit. He's a fantastic one because I saw a couple of people that I respect tweet out like, uh, for all you Damian uh, Williams and Carlos High Truthers, you're going to be really upset when Darwin Thompson beats him out. Yep, And that's somebody that you liked already. So that's yep. nice. He lands in a really good land spot. Pedigree. I, I will have to say my one miss, though, is Stanley Morgan Jr. did not get drafted. I was super disappointed about Ashton that. Ashton Doolin get drafted either. He didn't get the Colts, either. though, right? Yeah, yeah, he's with the Colts, and uh, Morgan's with the with the Bengals. Bengals, yep. Okay. So, I mean, they both have shots to still make something happen. So we'll, we'll see what But we knew those were late guys like. anyways. Yeah. Like, those guys were like sleeper guys we were For talking sure. about. Like, in the third round. Preston Williams. Yeah, yeah. Preston he, Williams. He went to Miami, which is actually a great landing spot A really great landing spot Really so good all three of those guys could make it out. You know, and Josh Rosen ends up in Miami. We can talk about that as well. We have so much more to talk about, guys. So much more to talk about. Um, I really hope everybody can come along. We're going to have another episode kind of telling you what the Nerd Herd gets you and all that coming up here really soon as well. I hope everybody can come along and join the Nerd Herd when it launches. We're going to make it very affordable. Uh, we're building new tools as we speak. You know, we have this idea for this tool that we think is going to be game-changing for dynasty teams yep. to really help you make it the best dynasty team possible. We're going to start building it. It's probably going to take about anywhere from six to nine months to 12 months to, to build it, but it's going to get, it's going to be there and you're going to be locked in at your subscription base. Uh, and the big thing is you're going to get the podcast. Uh, our rankings are behind the, the nerd herd exclusive. We're going to make it there. Cause we figured for all the people that ever wanted to support us and, you know, support the site over the years. We've, we've sold hundreds and hundreds of t-shirts, you know, that money helped us build all the stuff we have now that, that helps us pay our writers. I mean, Garrett's a writer, you know, we have to pay these guys to write articles. Uh, and the big thing here is dynasty. Again, we try to put it. So if we charge three bucks a month, for example, for the, for, for the nerd herd, I mean, all we're asking you to do is buy us a coffee once a month. And the way I like to sell it, I always tell these guys to sell it is, if, if we had you the opportunity, you could sit down with us for six times a month 
and talk dynasty for an hour. And all you had to do was buy me a coffee. Not even these guys. They didn't have to, all you had to do is just buy me a coffee. We get water. The free, the free fountain water. You wouldn't like you wouldn't Dang do it. that. Like you wouldn't do that. And again, what we do is we want to put the we put the time in that you don't so you don't have to. Because the way we look at it, we're doing it anyways. Like even without a podcast, me and Matt are watching film and being the nerds that we are and studying these players. And we're gonna break them down for you. So for me, that's more valuable than anything else. Again, the tools are great, but to sit here and actually have conversation and break this down and adding Garrett to the team to give us a, a third perspective on here to break down these players to get, put you in the best position to build a dynasty team for the long term. I feel very confident we can do that. And I can say that with a lot of good track record. All our podcasts are on Spotify, every one we did. If you ever have any doubt of why you should ever join the Nerd Herd, Go back and let's listen to our rookie breakdowns and then look at where other people had to rookies and look at our hit rate compared to everybody else. And I think even this class where there's a lot of confusion going on and a lot of people didn't know what to do. Of course, there's be a couple. I think we were pretty money on our pre-draft rankings of where these guys are. We don't have a lot of change coming on here um, for and I think that says a lot for a class that was a big mixed bag. That says a lot. And I'll tell you what next year's class. Whew, look out. It's going to be fun. And we're adding some things here. I mean. There's going to be some things on our site behind the nerd wall that I'm not even going to mention right now that you're going to find invaluable that no other dynasty sites have. And we're adding it all. And it's all in the works right now. It's going to be fantastic. We appreciate your support. Uh, Unfortunately, things like this over time, you know, cost money. They cost money and they take time. Yeah. And and the crazy Mm -hmm. part about it is like these simple things we want to build for you. It's not like, oh, it's a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks here. Dude, for our ranking system, just to have cool-looking rankings for you, and our rankings are be awesome because our ranking, our new rankings are going to track history, right? Our new rankings are going to have, you know, they're going to track where I had Odell Beckham ranked every month for the rest of his career, where he was. You'll be able to see on a graph where he was ranked at. You'll be able to see their average fantasy points per game. We're going to have so much little details in their rankings. You're going to be able to click on that player, and it's going to bring up all their stats, right? Game by game, week by week, you're going to be able to see their stats on there. A lot of little things, you know. Our goal here is to make Dynasty Nerds a one-stop shop for all things Dynasty. From watching film, to getting analysis, to seeing rankings, to seeing charts, and any other little possible tool you could think of, a one-stop shop for the best price that you can get. And that's what we want to offer you with a personal connection here on the podcast. And there's other little things we do when we launch it too, like, you know, personal video sessions, uh, Video we're going to do down the road here too. Q&As just for the Nerd Herd members. All new leagues going for, forward will only be with Nerd Herd members as well. A lot of little things do, but it does take time. I mean, shit, just watching all this tape over the last couple months, how many hours of your life have you committed to watching tape? Uh, Countless. Between yeah. the three of us, hundreds of hours? Oh, for sure. You Definitely. Know, of hours. Simply just so you don't have to. It's just so when you're driving to work, you can have the most in-depth, accurate, our Break, opinion. Breakdown opinions, yep. Yeah, because here's the thing. Our original thing is just a breakdown of the player, you know, most of what they did and how, what we saw on tape. And then, then we rank them afterwards. Like, you don't – we understand a lot of people don't have, have the time to do that. You know, I don't watch TV shows because I do this instead. I enjoy doing it, though, so you don't have that's to. That's why I'm not caught up on Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, that's just terrible. You got to just so make time for certain things. Come on. Yeah. I did see Endgame, though. I can't wait to see that. Oh, so, you haven't? Ooh. No. So, again, we again we hope you all come along and join the Nerd Herd and become Nerd Herd members. There, there's going to be so many cool things we're doing with it, with give, giveaways. And thanks to at Mr. Commissioner 
I know we're going to be having Alvin Kamara jersey giveaway for the first month uh, of membership there. So nice. we pimped him out there, courtesy of at Mr. Commissioner. If you're not following him, he's one of our writers. Yep. Uh, new team, fantastic out there. I know he does have an Alvin. He gave away uh, Amari Cooper. An Amari Cooper jersey just for joining the team. Yeah. He gave away an Amari Cooper jersey, and now he's an Alvin Kamara jersey. So that's going to be for the thirst first 30 members uh for the first 30 days there's gonna be a year membership that you can get for a discount and there's gonna be a chance for everybody that joins for the first 30 days somebody's gonna win an alvin kamara jersey nice and i haven't even talked about it yet we'll do it after this the nerd herd uh the last nerd standing oh, contest yeah. it's been in the system literally for three months now and we're finally gonna be able to launch it uh it's again the, we're using this as another platform to help us raise money and support the site so it's just a it's a fundraiser that helps us get money, but also it's a fun way to do it for you. Uh, and I can't wait to announce that as well next week. So uh, it's been five years of nonstop free content. Uh, but the buck's got to stop somewhere. And it's start stopping here. I guess. Stopping tonight after a long hour and a half episode. So we'll still have our free our weekly free show up here. It'll be a little bit shorter, probably more like a half hour. Uh, but and we're going to do a lot of teasing to kind of get you to come on to the nerd herd. So be like, Oh, we got a really good player coming up here to talk about. You got to buy, you have to buy him. The crystal balls are just, just sweating profusely on this player. You got to get on to this next episode. The balls are going behind the wall, right? The balls are strictly behind the paywall, strictly <laughs> behind the paywall. That's it. If you want, if you want to see and touch these balls, you're going to have to be a nerd herd member. Yep. So tons of t-shirts giveaway, all kinds of giveaways. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, until then, we will be back next week. Adios. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.